0: Hi, welcome to Fine Things. I'm your host, Angie Yazulaitis. Today we're wrapping up the end of a month-long series on leadership. It's been so much fun. Leadership is definitely a fine thing. It enriches our lives. It enriches the lives of those that we lead. So it's been a really great topic. I did want to mention that I had a question posed to me on my LinkedIn this month about leadership. And I wanna share it with you because if any of you leaders have some suggestions for us, I'd be willing to share your suggestions on my LinkedIn page. So the question was, how do you gauge or rate the effectiveness of a leadership development program? And my response was, what I do is I like to um, mentor people to create their own vision, their own um, write out their own end game, what they're gonna look like as a leader, what they're gonna feel like, what life's gonna be like when they are the leader that they want to be. And then encourage them every quarter to compare where they are with where they want to be. It's um, a great way to gauge personal success. And I'm a big fan of the old fashioned, I guess we can call it old fashioned, 360 degree assessments. um, That gives you as a leader an opportunity to hear what your coworkers, um, those that you supervise, even those that maybe mentor you, think about your leadership development and those 360 um, assessment, degree assessment tools are obviously readily available but I'd love to hear from leaders out there, trainers, people that are running leadership development programs to hear what you're using to gauge how well you're doing with your leadership development programs. So please reach out to me um, there'll be some information at the end of the vlog on how you can reach me. So today We are continuing the conversation on leadership development. We're wrapping up with Haley Bowen. Um, Haley is the Chief Marketing Officer for a company called Alandis. Alandis is a highly configurable sales and marketing technology company. And their company helps you gain control of your data and your processes for improved efficiency, responsiveness, and more importantly, for sales results. Haley is talking to us today about team building, um, which is a hugely important factor in leadership development. It's one of the key topics of training in leadership development programs. Um, we're gonna call it team, cross-team collaboration or cross-functional collaboration as we have the conversation today. Um, but Haley, as a marketing thought leader, has a passion for uniting cross-discipline and geographically dispersed teams in their common mission to drive results. Haley is really a true champion for innovative technology and cross-team collaboration and I couldn't be more excited to end this series having her talk about team building and cross-team collaboration with us today. So welcome Haley. Okay so I did forget to mention that Haley's actually joining us today from New Brunswick Canada so that's exciting for us to have our first long-distance guest on Fine Things, so thank you, Haley, for being the first one with us doing this. We really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: So let's start off on this conversation on um, teams, on cross-team collaboration, by having you give us some general thoughts on team collaboration and its importance, its importance in the role of leadership um, and particularly in leadership development.
1: Okay. Um, So for me, um, collaboration means that your teams are going to perform at a higher level. So um, what that would entail um, is if you have um, individuals who are specialists in their own areas, um, all working together, you're going to elevate everybody's um, skills um, and, and kind of work at the highest skill level possible. Um, So, you know, as a leader, our main objective is to have high-performing teams. Um, So to me, collaboration and alignment cross-functionally across an organization is one of the absolute best ways to ensure that we can have a high-performing team um, and that we can have decisions and and make decisions based on a more holistic um, view of what's happening around us. So okay. it's essential.
0: Oh, I mean, it's so essential. And I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit because I, I want to ask you about um, obstacles that you feel like leaders face um, when they're building teams and when they're encouraging the collaboration and maybe obstacles you've run into in your career. But I also want to hear from you. I was sharing when we did our intro this morning that I had a question asked of me um, on LinkedIn about the topic of leadership how you rate um, the effectiveness of leadership development. So I want you to kind of think through um, and maybe share your thoughts on that, how um, when you're overcoming these obstacles and you're training a leader on building teams, how do you rate the effectiveness of your training and your leadership development? So that's kind of a two part question now, but let's start with, Because I think that's cool that we're getting engagement from LinkedIn. People want to talk about the subject, obviously. So let's start with what are obstacles from your experience that leaders face when working on cross-team collaboration?
1: The biggest obstacle is making sure that you have the right people in the right jobs. Um, It all starts uh, with people. And if you have um, really skilled people who Aren't willing to collaborate, to set their ego aside, um, and to really um, work together towards a common goal, um, then you're not going to have that culture of collaboration that you're looking for. It's almost like the you know one loose cog in the wheel can like you know make the cart tip over uh, because you just can't um, have part of your team gung-ho and ready to collaborate and the other part of your team uh, Not being transparent not taking accountability playing the blame game Um, it really uh, Comes down to having the right players in place and I think as a leader um, looking for those um, skills that allow for higher levels of collaboration um, is sort of essential Um, The other thing, as a leader, um, an obstacle that's really tough is when you want to have a team aligned, um, they need to be aligned around something. They need to collaborate around a common mission or a common purpose. Um, And without that, um, the alignment just can't happen. And not only do they have to be aligned around that, but they need to be rewarded for that. So if you look at um, sales and marketing, for example, two teams that always need to collaborate, Um, and you have your salesperson um, or your sales team that's um, compensated on total sales, total revenue, and you have your marketer who's compensated on maybe the number of leads that are generated, Um, that creates a uh, atmosphere that doesn't encourage collaboration. Yeah, it's kind of diverse. I mean it's kind of going off the opposite direction. Yeah. But if they're both compensated on the same thing, so if your marketer um, is also compensated on revenue generation, then you have your marketer creating tools to help the sales team close a deal, not just get a bunch of leads in. You have them helping the sales team with messaging. You have the sales team wanting to share with the marketers what's working, and what's not working, so they can get more of what's working. Um, so that's, that's an example of, you know, they need to have, um, and setting that criteria that every, or that um, performance evaluation that everybody is going to be okay with, that's tough. Um, yeah. Because you're, you're also saying, like, if as a marketer, if the sales guy's not doing his job, I don't get um, rewarded for doing my job.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. And I think also you addressed something we talked about in an earlier episode, which is like the watering down of the passion. We had a woman on who talked about like keeping the passion going is a good thing in leadership. And, you know, that whole conversation about how do you take the passion of the company, the passion and mission of the company, and bring it into every single department. And you're addressing this because if you're all – aligned towards a common goal and your rewards are you know based on that common goal whatever that passion is if it's increased sales um, that's a huge way to bring this together but it is it is really difficult because how do you not water that down you know when it gets to the nitty-gritty of what you have to do every day on a daily basis
1: exactly yeah and as a leader um, getting everybody on board um, with that, one, with the common mission, and two, with um, how they're going to be evaluated um, as a team, um, that's, that's not going to be easy. But if you're hiring the right people who have that mindset, um, that's important. Um, I just, I, I have to tell you this. I've been, like, throwing this quote around for, um, <laughs> oh, my gosh, a couple weeks now. Um, so uh, there's a new book that came out. Uh, just this year and it's about sales and marketing alignment and of course you know I love love that stuff Um, and as I was reading the book um, this quote came out so the book is called um, aligned to achieve um, and I brought it here so I don't have to to read (laughs) the title so it's it's from uh, Tracy Eller, Eller and Andrea Austin anyways the quote is you can lose alone but you cannot win alone so leverage your extended team and to me, that is so powerful, um, especially for um, leaders um, in trying to create those high-performing teams that they're creating and creating that culture of, um, of elevating their team to a level that um, they are getting better results because um, they're working together.
0: That's fantastic. So you can you can lose alone, but you can't win alone.
1: So you need to leverage your team.
0: That's so true too. I mean, it really, really is. Yeah. Um, so I think that that kind of feeds into the second part of the question. Do you suggest a certain type of KPI or um, you know performance review when it comes to building leaders?
1: Um, To building leaders, I think that leaders should be um, Rewarded I guess based on the performance of their team Um, To me as a leader um, Your sole job is to get your team to perform at a level That they need to perform at to get the results that you need Um, And if they're not getting the results then you're not doing your job, or you're not hiring the right people, um, you're not giving them the tools that they need to be able to do their job. There's, there's some kind of um, thing. So I think, you know, overall, um, their success is your success. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be, you know, one, um, but it's, it's the same thing. It also encourages the leader to um, get involved, and hopefully not to try to take over, because they need to remember that they, they should have been hiring people who are better than them um, in certain areas.
0: Yeah, this is like the one area. I'm not big on sports analogies because my kids, my sons always tell me I get it wrong, but um, it is the one area that I say in sports they don't fire the players. In professional sports, yeah. they get rid of the coach. Yeah, um,
1: that's exactly true.
0: You know, yeah. we can learn from that because I think it's so easy – in fact, I will share that I just had an email from somebody who has was a former client's become a friend about this whole thing of when something fails in a business, you know, we still often want to find a scapegoat. Yeah. And I said that's difficult. I mean, that's what we're talking about in, in this whole past month. I mean, leadership is about not finding the scapegoat, but going within and saying, "What did I do wrong? And what could I do differently?" And I yeah. think, as a human being, that's sometimes really hard. Yeah. So, very, yeah, very good points that you know you're making. You know, let's let's talk. Let's think as leaders about how we measure ourselves um, yeah. based on the team results so i know you shared one of the books but um we love that here on the vlog when you give actual tools or suggestions that the audience can actually you know our viewers can actually take away and and maybe implement are there any other tools or books that you are either currently using or you have used to improve yourself in this area
1: um yes there's a book that uh, our ceo found last year or no actually sorry not last year probably about three years ago um, it's called Traction, and I brought it in because um, I wanted to share it because I this book, I think, is one of the best books for leaders um, who are trying to build companies that um, are going to grow, growing companies. Um, so it's written by Gino Wickman. Um, and um, it's not all about collaboration. That's not what the book's about. But a big part of it, is on um, having your leadership teams cross-functionally working together to solve issues that are stopping the rest of your company. Um, So it gives you some real good tactical advice on um, how to run meetings, how to set objectives, how to set uh, annual goals, agendas for meetings. It really walks you through the process Um, of creating a culture um, within your meetings that eliminates the blame game, um, that brings the highest issues to the forefront. So at Atlantis, we're implementing some of the things from the book. um, And one of them is having this uh, cross-functional leadership meeting every week. um, And it has a set agenda. And it's based on um, looking at key numbers. So each person on the leadership team is accountable for a number and finding that number um, is difficult. So it's basically a score, a scorecard. So for um, sales, it might be like the pipeline number or total revenue. Um, For marketing, um, it it could be um, also the pipeline number or it could be, um, you know, something else that's going to help fuel that. so for me, it's a number of high-quality leads, for example, um, that's going to help fuel that pipeline. Um, anyways, we all have a number. And we look at these five numbers every week, and, and if they raise a red flag, um, they become an issue. And we talk about headlines in the companies, and, and there's like a set agenda. And when basically the whole meeting is identifying issues that may not have been identified um, had we not had the meeting or that may not have been resolved. Um, and after the meeting, um, we, rank th- we rank the meeting, so we give it a score from one to 10. Um, I think in the book it says one to five. And um, basically to say, was this meeting, did, did it happen as it was supposed to happen? Did we follow the process? Did we really execute um, the meeting the way it meant to be executed and did we get value from it um, and that meeting has been instrumental and and the way that they frame it in the book is so um, easy to follow um, I I highly highly recommend it
0: I'm gonna get the book it's one that I haven't read so I'm so excited that you shared that um, because that's a tool I definitely am going to start using I think you hit on a huge point of discussion on meetings and wasted time and the way people feel about it and what that does to the energy of a team when they feel like they're constantly going into meetings that are wasted. So just alone to be able to take tips from that book for that I think is is gonna be very helpful to so many people who are watching. Um, Did you, from that, did you end up changing or having less meetings, do you feel like? I mean, it obviously improved. I mean, I can just hear the enthusiasm in your, your voice. It obviously improved that particular meeting. But did you find that you started having to have less meetings?
1: We started having, yeah, probably less meetings, but also more um, powerful meetings. So, uh, you know, we don't walk into a meeting unless we know what we want the outcome to be. Um, just having an update meeting, uh, we don't do that now. Um, it's about, um, solving issues or taking advantage of opportunities, um, together as a collaborative team. And those are the kind of meetings that we have. And, and they come out of that, um, discussion that we have every week
0: okay because i know you and i have had the discussion before on um you know making sure that and you know this happens to our clients too but making sure that the right people are in the meetings and that everybody is informed even when it may not seem obvious for somebody to need to know um can you talk about that for a little bit you know how does how does in this day and age um making sure that you're spreading the word about maybe an end goal that, you know, not everybody needs to be in the meeting, but it might be important for another department to know what's going on in the company. Like, how do you make those things happen in today's world?
1: I think that what we do after, and it's from the traction book, is after each meeting that we do have, um, we ask, does anything need to be communicated as a result of this meeting? Um, And then we set uh, tasks for whoever is the leader that needs to communicate that message. Um, And then the next week, when we're going back through the the meeting, we look at what were the to-dos from the previous week and did you do it? So you're held accountable to it. Um, And I think that that's sort of a good practice for anybody is when you do have a meeting, just to consciously step back and say, okay, who else can this affect, um, and, and sharing that because it is, it's not possible to bring everybody into every meeting and it's, it's not, um, I don't think it's a good use of people's time and I think that's why we have leaders because they need to disseminate um, the key information to the people who need to know.
0: Absolutely. It seems so simple, but if we're going to be honest, um... it doesn't happen.
1: A lot <laughs> and it's 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 like just changing that um that's why like the process is what i love is having like basically an agenda um a checklist even for each meeting so that you do take that you know 30 seconds it takes to reflect and say okay who else needs to know this recapping the to-dos how did we do in this meeting um i think that that's important for for collaboration.
0: Yeah. And I love the idea that somebody gave me about rating your communications. Um, and there are tools built into even email where you can do high priority um, flags yeah. and such and a lot of times people don't use it. But that was a good, um, the person who gave me the suggestion, I thought that this was an excellent thing because sometimes you get bombarded with emails, if you're anything like me. and you start getting almost um, numb to them (laughs) and they were saying like come up with some type of uh, rating in your organization that everybody understands Um, you know whether it's numbers or it's you know red orange green um, that when they see it they say okay this is something that I really specifically need to pay attention to because otherwise it just becomes noise so, yeah. I love that these are like things we can actually do.
1: Yes, I love practical tips that you can just like implement right away and see the results right away. You know, getting the right people on your team, that's a longer uh, process than, you know, flagging emails to, to make sure you're looking at the right things.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That gets into your whole um, how you build your team, recruiting process. You know how do you measure people during that process to make sure that they're not just giving you uh, lip service that they really are the person that they're saying they are um, yeah. there's so much that's a whole nother topic but just starting with the little things can make a huge difference Absolutely. so I, I want to tap into your passion a little bit um, as a technology company obviously you're a leader of a technology company um, a leader in a technology company as a chief marketing officer so uh, what do you see as technology's role in improving team building and cross-team collaboration and then secondly how can leaders more effectively embrace technology to help them
1: okay um, so Technology is a tool Um, and I think like all of the stuff that we talked about already, um, it has to come first. (laughs) Um, Creating that culture and the willingness to share. What I see technology's role in is facilitating coordination um, between um, people, teams, uh, business units, um, whether that's through video conferencing um, or whether that's through knowledge management systems like we do at Alandis. Um, it's about uh, creating or sorry, making available um, an easy way to share information uh, and to keep the information flow uh, moving through your organization, um, I think is, is sort of key from, a, from a, a leadership point of view so you're looking for technologies that um, are not going to add things but they're going to complement your current processes um, they're going to uh, be easy and add value to each of the people who are going to use them um, and uh, really uh, you know at a landis um, uh, people don't love this terminology um, but I'm a, a marketer so I like throw these words out all the time, word smithing. And um, (laughs) what I say our technology does, um, I mean it does many things, but one of the things that it does is it busts silos. So I call it it kind of like a silo buster uh, because it's all about that, um, being able to capture insights from people within your organization who um, have information that can seriously impact uh, the results of your company, um, and then when it's kept in that silo, um, to me that's a huge opportunity cost. And um, our technology tr- is about maximizing opportunities, uncovering opportunities um, to help you achieve your goals.
0: Makes total sense. But then you know one of the things I'm faced with that I'd love your your opinion on is. I'll get literally probably every day two or three emails from technology companies, you know, obviously we're a marketing agency, about technologies that can help us. Um, And then it becomes noise, because I'm like, how do I know, (laughs) you know? If I spend this dollar amount on this technology and it's the wrong one, that's a bad decision. Um, yeah. So you become almost paralyzed, numb to all these great tools that are out there. How does a leader um, go through that decision-making process? Is there one or two tips you could give us on that?
1: Um, yeah, I would say um, you need to understand what your main priority and main objective is, um, and you know just because uh technology is presented to you uh, doesn't mean that it is the right technology for you. Um, you need to understand, um, I guess, where the gaps are um, in your company that if they were plugged um, would have a significant impact on your ability to drive the results
0: that you're looking for. So, uh, yeah. What, what really is going to help your, your, your mission, passion, goal, you know? Yeah. And if it doesn't really impact that, then it, it may not be what you want to be spending your money on. What I'd love to have you do is just kind of summarize. You gave us some great tips. Um, just give a summary of some of the tips that you shared. And then if there's anything that I haven't asked you, that you'd like to share about the topic, I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that.
1: Okay, Um, so I think the the big things that we touched on in our conversation would be um, creating a culture um, within your company that fosters collaboration. Um, So that means setting um, objectives for cross-functional teams that are aligned um, or the same objective or an object, objective that would require them to work together um, I think we we talked about uh, leaders hiring appropriately hiring people who have the ability to work together and that giving them um, a real opportunity to create a higher performing team uh, because they are hiring specialists in a field and having everybody work together so they're elevating everybody um, at the same time. Um, we, we touched on some of the, the tech, technology's role in um, sharing information um, across these cross-functional teams and, and um, choosing a technology that aligns with your goal, uh, and, and trying to um, shut out some of the noise um, that you're getting. Um, What else did we talk about? Oh, we talked about um, traction um, and, uh, you know, highly recommend this book in terms of creating a process uh, for yourself and your company to be better aligned and to achieve the goals that you want. Um, And I also mentioned this book uh, for sales and marketing people, Aligned to Achieve, uh, which I thought was a really interesting um, uh, book in terms of, of sales and marketing and their different points of view and and uh, and stuff so um, I think those are kind of the highlights Did, and then um, I kind I had a story that I had um, wanted to share that that I think that you would find interesting as we're developing leaders so um, so I was really lucky in my career that um I worked in positions that really uh, made well positions that were made to create this um, alignment and coordination between disciplines so you know I started out as a sales and marketing coordinator so seeing both sides of the picture I did trade marketing which again is bringing marketing and sales together And then um, as my career evolved, I started taking more, you know, senior roles that that weren't just focused on bringing those teams together. But I brought that uh, mentality with me that, you know, we are partners in this mission. Um, And so I just wanted to share this story of um, I was working for a restaurant chain in Canada um, and they had a um, Children's Miracle Network was one of the the um, charities that that we donated towards as a company so there's over 200 restaurants that um, participated in in this challenge where we would try to raise money for the children's miracle network so i had just started working there and you know my manager came and she said here you go here's a project for you um and i looked at the numbers um and i was like wow this is uh this isn't that great like we have 200 restaurants um, and this is the amount of money that we've raised for this charity that um, you know is helping children um, who are sick and which is a good charity so um, I put on my like uh, collaboration hat Um, and um, and this is like a project example of how collaboration can like fuel things um, so the first thing that I needed to do was to get everybody rallied around the cause. Um, so I went to the Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, Canada. Oh, sorry. And I mean, this has been this has been years since I've been there. <laughs> it's emotional. Passion about exactly. Um, I got to read to some of the sick kids. Um, And it touched me so deeply that I was like, okay, every leader in this company who is gonna be part of this program needs to connect with what I just connected with. So we arranged for visits to all the local hospitals for all the area leaders um, to go and have an opportunity to read to the kids um, or to just go tour the hospitals. Um, And I think that that one move Um, fueled this amazing campaign um, that was followed up by you know focus groups with servers and managers and you know surveys and how can we do it better Um, and everybody suddenly became passionate about this cause and um, everybody instead of just having it be another campaign that you have to run um, it was personal Um, they were part of the development of the new campaign and the results were three times greater than they were the previous year and that's a significant um, that was a significant donation that we were able to make that year Um, so just the power of um, aligning people on purpose and and, yes sometimes the purpose isn't so um, deep and meaningful um, but I don't think there's a better way um, to foster a collaborative spirit in your company than to align your teams on a, a mission. Now, that's the story.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad that you shared it because you know, obviously it's it was something that meant a lot to you, but how often do we miss the point in communicating? And we wonder as leaders why the result wasn't what we had envisioned. Yeah. And yeah this is a huge one obviously you know I know you you know we have hearts for children like obviously it's a huge that was a huge thing and it is something you can really be passionate about and feel but even when a company has a simple like yeah we're not just a marketing agency you know we have a passion for helping brands go out and do their mission and so many of them have things that they're involved in and they give back to and we miss that story when we're communicating. Yeah, that would really make them human, and would make the work so much more meaningful. And I think that that's in every organization. So I'm, I'm just so glad you shared that story because what a great thing to, for each of us to remember. Yeah.
1: That actually reminds me of um, our CEO had had gone to visit a um, prospect at one point um, who was a prosthetics company. So they put on. know prosthetics limbs and and he went to that their um, facility where they actually create the limbs Um, and he came back and he was like that is why that is why we are in business because we can help that company um, to um, get those limbs to the people that need them Um, we're not just a technology company we're helping um, you know, pharmaceutical med device companies um, get their products to the right people. Absolutely. So uh, that was that was interesting, um, and and really lit a fire under under him for sure, and and the rest of us.
0: And that's I'd like to give you an opportunity to actually end on that because um, you know obviously I want you to be able to share. Landis' role as a company in providing technologies. Obviously, for our viewers, um, most of their clients are in life sciences, pharma, sales and marketing, med device, sales and marketing. But can you talk about Landis' role in providing those teams, those companies um, to improve cross team collaboration? Just a little bit about what you do to end on. And then I'll just say that for our viewers, we will be leaving you, um, as we always do, with a way to get in touch with Haley and Alandis, um, should you want to? Okay.
1: Um, So for Alandis, our role um, is really to facilitate information sharing between departments. So the majority of our clients um, are marketers, um, and they have information that they need to get from their managed markets teams. So the account people who are calling on the insurance companies, and um, they need to understand how their drug or med device is covered, um, and they need to know it on a more in-depth level than they could buy. Uh, they could buy from, say, a third-party vendor who's supplying the information, um, and really information that their team um, has. So um, you know data is currency (laughs) and uh, I I read that uh, in a Forrester report one time that data is currency and I think that um, we enable them to track uh, really important information in a way that they can then slice and dice and layer it with other um, data sources that they have um, and then action that information whether that be in a report or whether that be in an outward communication um, that the sales team is going to use with with prescribers so it's about being able to collect collect and harness uh, information from cross-functional teams um, and then be able to spit it out in an actionable way
0: it's fantastic It's fantastic so haley i just i um, i'm i want to say thank you it was so much fun to end this series on leadership with you um because your passion really just shines through and You know, there couldn't be another, a better fitting way to end. Um, For our viewers, just thank you for joining us again on Fine Things. We have coming up in April, um, we're going to be doing fun fine things for the spring. So, some jewelry, some boutiques, some really cool things that enrich our lives, and we hope you'll continue to join us. Everybody make it a great day. Oh,